Hello, you are listening to the Bethel Atlanta Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about Bethel Atlanta, visit www.bethelatlanta.com. Bam, we're on. Good morning, guys. How are everyone doing? Good? Is it good, uh, good worship this morning? I will apologize now. We likely will have to get your kids before I'm done. So just letting you know. Um, okay, we're going to start here. How many uh, uh, were here uh, New Year's Eve? December 31st, we, I spoke a message about restoring cities or uh, what was it? Aligning yourself with the purpose uh, what was it? Aligning yourself with your purpose. How many guys? Raise your hands. Let me see. Okay, good. <clears throat> so I, I'm going to kind of dive in, you know, when Lauren was sharing this at the vision meeting that we're kind of going, what she just shared about going after restoring cities, showing up, being a place of, in, in your place of influence or being a presence in your place of influence um, with the kingdom of, of God. During that vision meeting, I kind of mentioned like, hey, we'll kind of unpack a lot of this throughout the year of like what this looks like, how we get equipped to do this, um, you know, kind of just equipping us to actually carry out that vision. Does that make sense? And so as I was kind of preparing, you know, that 1231 message was a bit of like a mass overview. So if you haven't heard it, you can go back and listen to it on the podcast. Kind of a mass overview of like God's heart to restore creation. Like, he, he's got a desire to reconcile creation back into himself, and uh, we're a part of that story. So there's, it, it was very much like a larger 30,000-foot overview of uh, quite a few different points. Um, as I was kind of like unpacking today's message, I was quickly putting together like, oh, I think this is probably going to be one of a four-part message that I share, so... Uh, what, what is it? But wait, there's more. Like, <laughs> so when we get done, like this will just be like a zeroed in on a segment of kind of the bit of the overview I talked about on the 1231. And so, so this is not going to be like a full, like we get the whole thing when we're done with this message today. Okay. You guys good. So this is going to be a piece of it. And, and then I'll share more as, as the months go on, but we'll, we'll unpack more of it. But um, kind of really like talking about Today I want to talk about, I'll do a little bit of a recap of what we shared on the 1231 and get a little bit more detailed into why, why we're restoring cities. Like, why are we doing that? Um, and then I, I kind of want to give a little bit of a context. Like I had this thought, if, if we were like, you know, in, uh, uh, going into battle, because <clears throat> we do that nowadays, <clears throat> That, that's funny, right? No? It's like, like, do we? So if we were going into battle and I was sending you off into a, an area and a territory to go, you know, conquer land or do something, and, and, I, and we sent you in and said, you're going to be there for about five years, and we sent you in with, um, you know, all, your, all your, your phones, all your digital paraphernalia and all the things that are going to equip you to carry out the mission, but failed to tell you there was no electricity, how do you think that would go? <laughs> like, not very well, right? Like, you're going to last probably all of, depending on how your phone is, might be 24 hours, it might be three, depending on how old it is, right? Um, and, then, and then you find out you actually can't carry out the mission. 
because there was a piece about the environment that was failed to be um, acknowledged or being made aware of. So I felt like as I was unpacking this this morning or <clears throat> and yesterday and the day before, I'm like, oh, I think, I think it's going to be helpful for us to know some of the context for with which we are restoring cities because we might try to use tools that are irrelevant. We might try to use weapons that are actually ineffective. We'll talk about why and how that works. Um, so if you would turn to Genesis, <clears throat> we're going to be in a couple sections today. We're going to read some scripture. You guys like scripture, right? Wow, you're quiet today. Okay, we got some music. We're rocking. That's good. <clears throat> Something to break up the silence. That's good. I'm grateful for it. <laughs> We're going to read some scripture today. Uh, again, I'm talking about why are we restoring cities? Why is it that that's our mission? Because some of us probably grew up with the mission is to save souls. Ooh, there it is. That that was, that's the end-all mission. Jesus came to save, seek and save that which was lost. But we thought it said to seek and save the lost. In fact, a lot of us probably heard that when I said it. But he actually says to seek and save that which was lost. What was lost? People? Yes. But not just people. All creation was lost. All authority that was given to mankind was lost. The original mission and mandate that was given to mankind was lost. So when we start talk, talking about restoring cities, if we're thinking the, the main mission is just to save souls and then wait for Jesus to come back, it won't make sense. Why would I try to go and invest time into an area that I live in and make it look like heaven if we're just waiting for him to come back and take us away? So it, it, we, we kind of have to talk about some of those paradigms Otherwise, we're, we kind of miss, right? Like, you'll hear, again, if, you're, if that's what your primary paradigm is, and we say, we're going to go in and make, you know, uh, English Avenue look like heaven. But your paradigm is, save souls and wait till Jesus comes back. We wouldn't really put a lot of time, investment, or anything into actually changing culture or changing the ways of life. Because it doesn't make sense, right? You're not, it's a different paradigm. So... We, we kind of have to adjust some of our paradigm when we, and, and catch up to the reality that some of us have different paradigms when we start talking about our mission and mandate is to restore cities, to re restore all creation. Because that, that's, a, that's a big, that's a tall order. And there's a wide variety of ways that that looks like. But I need to think like he thinks in order to be able to do what he's asked. So let's start in Genesis We're going to start, let's start with um, 14, 114. And God said, let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens to separate the day from the night and to separate the signs, uh, separate the day from the night and let them be signs for the sea, seasons and the days and the years. Let them be for lights on the expanse of the heavens. What I want you to catch, don't, don't read it, experience it. Like, think through what he's creating. What, we're talking about the creator of the universe. The, the creator 
Like when he's thinking, I want to make something, this is what he made. I want us to catch the gravity of what it is that he made. And the, um, not just the gravity, but like the, um, the, the, uh, the value of what he made. Like, I think we can read through it and be like, okay, here's the story. But we're not catching the fact that this is the one thing he made that we know of at this point. This was his best idea. Like when he's thinking, I'm going to make something and I can make anything. He, this is what he made. Took a world, formless and void. Added light. Gave it light, gave it light at night, light in the morning. Or light at night, light in the day to govern to separate night from dark, to separate days. Like, the intentionality with which he's going in and putting this together, the, the dream that he, he has in his head that he is now speaking into light and speaking into life and causing it to come to pass. Can we think from there? 17, God placed them in the expanse of the heavens to give light on the earth and govern the day and govern the night and separate the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. He saw what he created, that it was good. There was evening and there was morning and there was a fourth day, and then a fourth day. And God said, let the waters teem with swarms of living creatures and let the Birds fly from the earth in the open expanse of the heavens. And God created the great sea monsters and every living creature that moves with which the waters swarmed and after their kind and every winged bird after its kind. And God saw it was good. He blessed them saying, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the waters and the seas and let the birds multiply on the earth. Then there was evening and then there was morning and a fifth day. Then God said, let the earth bring forth living creatures after their kind, cattle, creeping things, beasts after their kind, and it was so. Then God made the beasts of the earth after their kind and the cattle after their kind and everything that creeps on the ground after its kind, and God saw that it was good. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness and let them rule over the fish and of the sea and of the birds and the sky and over the cattle, and rule over all of the earth, and every other creeping thing that creeps on the earth. God created man in his own image, and in the likeness of God, he created him male and female, he created them. God blessed them. God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, rule over the fish and over the sea and over the birds and the sky and every other living thing that moves on the earth. Then God said, Behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the surface of all the earth, every tree which has fruit yielding seed, it shall be for you. And every beast and every beast of the earth and every bird of the sky and everything that moves on the earth which has life, I have given every green plant for food. And it was so. God saw all that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And there was evening and morning, and then a sixth day. He put a lot of intentionality into what he created. It, it, there's a very structured design in what he created, not only just in creation and the birds and the trees and the 
the ways the, the, the sun and the moon works and the, and the, and the, and the water and how it's, how it's held and all the, all the physics that we know of, right, that we've discovered. Like there's a very intentional design. And then he said, man, I've given, created man in our image. He created man, us, in his image, in his likeness. And then gave us charge to govern and rule over all the earth, all the creatures, all the, all the animals. There's a, oh yeah, in the next, in the next section, there's a, when he starts talking about describing Eden, which I, I don't have time to get into that. You can read the next chapter, but he starts describing that there's gold in the land and, the, and there's delium and there's onyx. Like there's resources and things that are in the earth that he's given to man to govern with which to build. It doesn't say he's given it to, given us, it to us to build, but have you ever noticed that's what we do? Like it's in our DNA and our nature to, 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 to build. He gave us the assignment to be fruitful and multiply, take subdue, uh, subdue uh, cause the world to come under your influence is what that means, not put it under your thumb, to be clear. To subdue is to cause it to come under your influence, to rule with dominion, again, under your influence, to, 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 have, to take responsibility for the domain that has been given to us to manage and steward in the likeness of our Father. This is before the fall. We knew no evil at this point. Every one of us are filtering this through of all the ways this could go bad <laughs> and all the ways it's been abused. But remember, we know no evil yet. And yet this was the design. Take responsibility over what I have created and work with me to co-create. Adam helped God in naming the animals. And there's a principle that what you name causes it to come to pass in that likeness. And so there's a co-creation aspect that Adam was charged with, that we, in the likeness of our Father, who used words to create and form worlds, to co-create in being responsible for and taking, taking responsibility for this domain and causing it to come under our influence. So this is the design. This was his, his, his purpose, his intention. And then we made a mistake. Right? <laughs> she got it. <laughs> yeah, we did. <clears throat> then we made a mistake. And, and we know the story. You know, there's the two trees, and the serpent comes to the woman and says, uh, 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 What's he say? Uh, you shall eat of the garden. I love it how he says this. In, indeed, has God said that you should not eat from a tree in the garden, like he questions the, 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 the instructions that the Lord gave, right? We know the story. He questions. Uh, she says, yes. She gets, you know, Adam to buy in, and then Adam blames it on the wife, and, right, this is typical, yeah. <laughs> it's her fault. Um, they'd find out that they, they, they now are aware that they're naked, da-da-da-da. You can read through it. I, I, I kind of wanted to get more into it, but you'll have to go through and read it. I encourage you to like dig into it, but um, then the curse comes. So when the fall happens, the, a curse happens. There's, there's, when the fall happens, there's a separation. At this point, there's no separation between man and God. 
God is walking with Adam and Eve in the cool of the day in the Garden of, the, of Eden. At this point, it's, it's, it, these realms are one. The, 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 the kingdom realm, the heavenly realm, as you would hear us say, this is it. It's just creation. But then when the fall happens, there's a separation that takes place. Adam's pushed out of the Garden of Eden and saying, you can't come here. In fact, I'm going to put up some angels and stuff to make sure you can't never find your way back to this place, lest you bite into the tree of life and cause yourself to never die under this condition. We haven't found the Garden of Eden because it's not in this realm. It's being guarded with the angels. Like, the realms got separated. You, we, we no longer had access to the heavenly realm. We're now of the of the, of the natural. We'll get more into that. <clears throat> and so now there's this separation. And then it initiates this like virtually timeless. It's not timeless because we know the end. But like thousands of years of story that we read through the Old Testament where God's mission and mandate is to go after the house of Israel and restore it as all he can through this new condition of sin, because now there's a condition, there's, a, there's sin that has separated God and man. Tracking? This story sound familiar? I hope. <laughs> so then you start, initiates this, all these stories where, you know, you, you hear Isaiah 61, we can read Isaiah 61, now, now it, it, like I said, it kind of initiates this whole storyline, and it, there's story after story after story of God's heart to restore and reconcile his people, to make it, you know, Israel leaves him, and then he forgives them and brings them back and restores them, and then he leaves them again, and, and then he brings them back and restores them, and he tries to wipe it all out and start fresh with Noah, and like, you know, like... Like, his heart and desire is like, I want my people back. I want my creation back. And he can do it a certain way. Snap his fingers and it's done. But he chooses to do it through mankind. And there's a, there's, we'll get to, we probably won't get to it today, but there's a, there's a verse that describes a good picture about this of why. But this is what he chooses to do it through mankind and make the enemy pay. Like, you, you have bruised her heel, but she will crush your head. That was the promise to Eve from your offspring. And he's speaking, that was foretelling of Jesus, right? That you might bruise her heel, but Jesus will crush the head. So, so then we read stories like Isaiah 61, that the Spirit of God is upon me, has anointed me to give good news to the afflicted and Bind up the brokenhearted. You see, he's getting these pictures of like, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to, uh, the people that are broken, we're going to restore them. The people that have bad news, we're going to bring good news. They're going proclaim, to proclaim liberty to captives. Those who are imprisoned, we're bringing freedom. Freedom to prisoners, proclaim the favorable of the year of the Lord, even when it doesn't feel like it. The day of vengeance of our God, to comfort those who mourn, to grant those who mourn in Zion giving them a garland instead of ashes, oil instead of mourning, mantle of praise instead of spirit of fainting, so that we're going to do all this. We're going to go after this and restore these people. Like this is the epitome. It's Jesus' right mandated mission when he comes back. His first message you hear him speak in the temple is this passage. And he's doing it to declare, this is what I'm about. 
And so this year we're hearing the heartbeat of the Father and what he wants to go, what he wants to see happen and, and to what extent he'll go. And then we see, and then we hear him say that these people now will be called the oaks of righteousness, the, the planning of the Lord. Then these oaks of righteousness, after being restored, will then become those who will rebuild ancient ruins. They will raise up former devastations. They will restore ruined cities, the desolations of many generations. So, so this, is, this is what he cares about. This is one story. We can hear it and see it in Joseph in his process. Of, he restored Egypt and Israel in the, life, the story of the life of, of Joseph. Like God restored uh, uh, two, two people groups. You, you can see it with uh, um, uh, uh, not, uh, probably Gideon too. Jonah and Nineveh. Jonah didn't want, go to, didn't want to go to Nineveh because he knew if he goes and gives them a prophetic word, it's going to save their nation. He knew it was going to work. And this is what the God, that God the Father wanted. And he does and it does. God is about restoration. He's all about restoring, as we, uh, you know, I shared in that message before, <clears throat> that he, is, he was in Christ reconciling the world to and unto himself, and then now has made us ministers of reconciliation. The word reconcile means to be brought back into the favor of God. He was in Christ reconciling, bringing the world back into the favor of God, and has now made us ministers of reconciliation to bring humanity and creation back into the favor of the Father, to reconcile them to the Father. Like that's Corinthians 5, right? That's, that's, what, we're, that's what we're doing. So why are we doing it? We're doing it because it's what he wants. <laughs> if we're doing it, it's because he, he, he had an idea and created it out of his mouth. All of creation... Not, and it's not just people, I, and, and again, I'm not saying that to, to uh, dumb down people by any means, but I think we've been so focused on people, we miss the fact that it's all. It's all of creation that's being, it says in Romans 8 that all creation is waiting and groaning until the, uh, for the sons of God to be revealed, Right? For I consider the sufferings, Romans 8, that of this present time are not worthy to be compared to us with the glory that is being revealed to us. For the anxious longing of creation waits eagerly for the revealing of the sons of God. For creation, creation back in the beginning, was subjected to futility, to death, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it, the Father. And the Father subjected it in hope that creation itself would also be set free from the slavery to corruption into the freedom of the sons of God over here. Well, how did that happen? I think it's still waiting. It's still waiting. The way I like to describe this verse is creation's still waiting for us to figure it out. Yeah. Waiting for us to come unto the full uh, 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 revelation and understanding of who we are in our identity as sons of God. Like who we are, who we, were, who we were created to be. And so if we go, there's lots of other passages, but I'll, I'll get to the end. It started with Genesis 1, with, which is, you know, this is the original design. 
And it, and it ends in, in Revelation eleven fifteen when they open the seventh seal and say, now that the kingdom of this world has become the kingdom of our God. This is, this is the end of the story, is that the kingdom of this world would become the kingdom of our God. And it happens through the sons of God, who just, the creation's waiting for us to do it. Now, when we start talking about this, it's important, I'm going to kind of now start talking a little bit about the context. The fact that <clears throat> when Jesus died, what he reconciled went back to us, to the Father, what he, what he brought back and, and uh, saved that which was lost was the uh, reunification of these realms. Like we're in the natural realm. We're in the, we're in the earth. We're, everything's physical. But you are spirit. If you have been born of the spirit, right? This is Nicodemus. How, how can I crawl into my mother's womb and be born again? And he's like, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. <clears throat> you must be born of the spirit. That when we have become sons of God, when we have given our life to Christ, when we confessed him as Lord and Savior and he's died and we were do a penalty of sin, and we needed a justification, and we needed, uh, 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 we needed uh, that payment for that. When we went through that process, it says in Ephesians that we were made alive in Christ when that happened. When, this, when we did that, let's see if I get there. When we did that, it says, even when we were dead, I'm, I'll, I'll start from the beginning, Ephesians 2. And you were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you formerly walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air. I'm getting ahead of myself. I should come back to this. But we were made alive together. I'll go to five. We were made alive together with him in Christ. Like when we were born again, like what happened inside of us, our spirit man <gasps> came to life. When the temple was torn, you know, the veil in the temple was torn when Jesus died at the crucifixion, it signified the, there's, a, there's, a, there's a, a veil that prevented you from getting into the Holy of Holies because we would die being of, of mankind because of the condition we were in with sin. But that veil was torn because now in Christ, we are now in with him, in Christ, and he, him and us, him and us, us and him, Right, John 17, you guys tracking? So like he, recon he reconciled us back into him that we can now walk and talk in the cool of the day in the garden with him, in the spirit because our spirit has been made alive. <clears throat> this is the part about the electricity. Like it's gonna be really important for us to know the, the, the uh, 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 environment for which we are restoring cities because if we think we're restoring cities in the natural, we will use weapons of the natural. We will use strategies and tools of the natural, the natural realm. And, and, and it will be inferior to the battle we've been asked to actually fight, which has to do with restoring things back, taking, destroying the works of the devil, taking things back from the enemy and restoring it back into the kingdom and making it look like heaven. That can't happen with my best idea. It can't happen with my best strength or my best talent or my best skill or my best strategy. It can't happen with my best <clears throat> phone, my best device, my best tools and, and natural things. All those may come into play, but that's not the way or the outworking of how 
we are going to be able to restore cities when the mandate has to do with the spiritual thing. Does that make sense? <clears throat> so in case we were just wondering, I just want to make sure we're all very clear that we are of spirit. <laughs> Romans 6, do you not know that all you who have been baptized into Christ Jesus have been baptized into his death? Therefore, we've been buried with him through the baptism into death so that Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father so that we too might walk in newness of life. For if we become united with him in the likeness of his death, certainly we shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old self was crucified with him in order that our body of sin, the one with the condition, would be done away with so that we would no longer be slaves to that condition. For he who has died is freed from sin. Whew. Anybody battle with sin? Like, no hands. <laughs> like, I'm, I know when not to answer. <laughs> we battle with... Uh, that's a different message. I'm going to stay here. <clears throat> For he who has died from, is freed from sin. Now, if we have died from, with Christ, we believe that we also shall live with him. Knowing that Christ has been raised from the dead is never to die again. Death no longer has master over him. De the death he died, he died once and for all. But the life that he lives, he lives to God. So even so, consider yourselves to be dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. And then we know in Galatians, right, the life that I, I've been crucified with Christ, nevertheless I love, live, yet now the life that I live, I live unto the glory of, of God, right? Like, like we, we have been crucified with Christ. We're dead. In the likeness of his, of his burial, we were dead. And in the likeness of his resurrection, we've been raised up. That's the spirit man that was made alive to us, inside of us, when we were saved. Didn't know you were getting the gospel today, did you? <clears throat> so then when we go to Ephesians <clears throat> and we hear Paul begin to, to talk, he's speaking from a different place. I'm sorry, I'm not uh, like ignoring you guys over here. I just tend to go to the left. I don't know why. <clears throat> uh, like when we, when, when, we, when we hear Paul speaking... He's speaking from this place of the understanding and the awareness of, this, of the heavenly realm. That there's two different realms. There's two different things happening. There's the natural, and then there's the heavenly realm. And then there's, then there's the kingdom realm. Ooh. The heavenly realm we got, right? Angels, demons, all the things. The kingdom realm is where God sits. And, and also, as we're getting ready to find out, it's where we're supposed to sit. So not only can I not fight this war... <clears throat> in the natural, with natural things, and try to beat the devil in, because I'm hitting the person in front of me. Like, we can't do that. I also can't get in the second heaven where the angels and demons reside and fight there because I don't have any authority there. The prince of the air is there. Hmm. I have to know where I... This is the context for with which we're supposed to be restoring cities. So in Ephesians, it says, too, I'll start over. In the, you were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you formerly walked, way back before you got saved, according to the course of this world, according to the prince and the power of the air, of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. Among them, too, we formerly lived in the lusts of our flesh. That is the natural. 
I can't get too deep into this, <clears throat> but when we're talking about flesh, it means at sark is the Greek word. It literally means the physical. It's not talking about your old nature. Because in Romans 4, you died. And the life you now live, you live, okay? You guys are tracking right? You know your Bible. So when he says this, we formerly lived according to the lusts of our flesh, the carnal, the nature, indulging in the desires of carnality, your flesh, not your old nature, which means you might still have desires. And it's not old man. Now you're meant to govern it. Romans 8, you're meant to be led by the spirit, not by your soul. Not in the likeness of the nature of your carnal man, but in the likeness of the spirit. Because them who are led by the spirit, them are called sons of God. <clears throat> the less of the flesh and mind, and were by nature ch children of wrath, even as the rest. But God, being rich in his mercy, because of his great love in which he loved us, even when we were dead, even when we, before, when we were in our old man, dead in our transgressions, it, through Christ, he made us alive together with Christ, for it's by grace you've been saved. He's raised us up with him. It's by grace you've been saved. It's important, you know, grace is, uh, the definition is divine influence upon one's heart. So the way I like to really kind of like understand grace is grace is a, 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 a substance. It's a substance. It's a divine influence. It's something that influences. It's something, it's heavenly. It's otherworldly. It comes upon you to empower you to do something you couldn't have beforehand. Divine influence. By grace, I've been saved. It's because he gave me the ability <laughs> to say yes. Not because I even had the ability to say yes. But now I have the ability to be say yes. So it's even, even in my powerful, uh, um, um, I get to say yes and no, I still couldn't have even said yes, even though I have the option. I couldn't even, he even said it. I didn't have the ability, the power, the, the grace to do so. So it's by grace that you've been saved. And now he has raised us up with him and seated us with him in heavenly places. So that in the ages to come that he might show the surpassing riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. <clears throat> For it is by grace you've been saved through faith and that not of yourselves, it's the gift of God. Lest, uh, not by result of works, lest anyone should boast. So, so Paul, Paul talks about this and he's speaking about it from this place of understanding that there's these realms and that, and that, and that we, we ha have to be aware as sons of God, where we actually reside, we reside in heavenly places with him, in, we, seated next to him in the kingdom. In Luke 17, in fact, the whole message of Jesus was the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It was his first message that came out after he was in the desert with the, with the, with the devil, which, by the way, the devil tempted him in, th in two things. If you are who you say you are, if you are who you say you are, I know what you came for, and I'll give you another way to get it. He showed him all the kingdoms of the world because they belong to him and said, if you bow down and worship me, I'll give them to you. 
See, Jesus was coming back to restore all creation. That all the kingdoms of the world would become the kingdom of our God. And the devil knew that. And the devil knew who it belonged to at the time. And then when Jesus went into the, into the uh, and through three days, went in and took back the keys of authority. Said, no, you lo- no longer have authority over this anymore. And then gave them to the disciples and said, behold, all have, uh, authority has been given to me on heaven and earth. And I give them to you and say, now go therefore. I send you. You see, we couldn't do it without, without the presence. We can't do it without. It's a supernatural thing. It has to be a spiritual thing. We can't do it in the natural. We can't do it. We don't even know that when we try to do it in the natural, we're being influenced by the second heavenly realm, by demonic thoughts, minds, principalities over regions. Like there's things that are getting in the way. We can't fight there. We have to get up into where we're meant to be seated and fight from a place of heaven because his ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. His strategies are not our strategies. And he might use us in, in our own gift mix and things like that, but they, they, they have to not only just come from him, but the, the power to do so must come from him. This is a spiritual thing, and Paul got it. In fact, in, in uh, Ephesians 6, he says, Finally, be strong in, 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 in the Lord and... Uh, be strong in the Lord and put the strength of his might. Put on the strength of his might. Yeah. Put on the full armor of God so that you may be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil, the adversary. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against powers, and against world forces of the darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. I'm reading this, and I'm like thinking, this feels like Star Wars or something. <clears throat> you know? I'm like, man, how did we slip this into children's church? Therefore, take up the full armor of God so that you'll be able to resist in the evil day and having done everything to stand firm. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, powers, the world forces of darkness, against spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly places. That's that second heaven realm. There's, there, there's this, that, that's, that's what our war battles up against. But we can't fight on their terms. In fact, we shouldn't even try. We don't need to. Which is why we need to be in the heavenly places, uh, seated, at him, uh, seated at the right hand of him uh, in, in whatever I said. I said it earlier, right? <laughs> We're seated with him in heavenly places. We need to be seated from his perspective, from the kingdom, because from there... The kingdom of heaven does not consist in words, but in power. From there, we carry the power to actually bring the kingdom of heaven on the earth and restore cities, to restore all creation, to bring, and we'll get to get into more of these messages later while we'll start getting into like, what does that mean for us? How do we partner with this now? What, how do I play this out? But my, my, my heart and goal this morning was like, let's expand our, our mind. Let's expand our perspective and our paradigm to catch the heartbeat of the Father of what he's designed from the very beginning. And I would encourage you, like, go back over Genesis and read it. Like, I I jumped into the middle of the first uh, chapter, but read it with the thought in mind. This is him creating a dream. This is him forming a dream. That was his best idea. And it it sounds negative when I say it's his best idea, but, I mean, it literally is his idea. It's his best idea. It's like, if I'm going to create something, this is what I'm going to create. Read back over it and catch the heartbeat of how much he values it. 
And then understand when he says, I want you to restore all that was lost in Jesus, what we're restoring, what he cares for, how much he cares for all the things that are in our earth, all the people, all the uh, 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 economies, all the cities, all the uh, nations, all the people groups, all the subcultures. Like He cares for all and wants all to be brought back into the favor of the Father. As is our mandate through Corinthians 5, that we would be the uh, ministers of, the, of reconciliation now. So I encourage you to go back and read that with, that, with those thoughts in mind. And, and we're going to stand. I want to pray for you. But I also want to challenge us to, like, dig in. You're, like, I give homework, so here's your homework. <laughs> Dig into the realization or search the heart of the Father on the revelation of your sonship and positionship in the kingdom, in the spirit. Because I'm fully convinced if we had just a sliver of revelation of who we are, I, I, I honestly, the, the world wouldn't know what to do. Oh, they'd probably say, they who, came, they who turned the world upside down have come here too. Like there's a group of people that figured this out, right? Like... If we just, but I think we've been just sanitized over time and caught up with whatever our background is and experience and missing the reality that when he says you can be more than conquerors in Christ, it's actually because it's who you are. Anything that comes in your way, you can conquer. Any sin, any barrier, any of those things, like because you're living from the spirit. That's the context that he's even speaking to us. So if we approach it with, what we've been sanitized with over time to think, then we're, we're here. He's saying here, and we're like, I don't understand, or I think I understand, which might be even worse, because <laughs> then we miss, out, we miss out on all of it. So I want to I challenge. The homework is dive into the Lord, press into the Lord, and, 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 and ask him, I need revelation of who you see me to be, of who I am, of where I sit and where I reside, what you've called me to. I heard last week, that, that we can never stop preaching the identity message enough because all of this is rooted in identity. If we know who we are, we know whose we are. We know what we're here to do. So, Lord, we just thank you for this morning. I thank you for, Father, just stirring us up, Lord. I just say keep stirring us up. And I just release a, a spirit of wisdom, revelation, and understanding uh, uh, from, that comes from the kingdom of heaven that, that would just uh, activate all of our hearts and our minds and our spirit as we're even discovering and seeking you out and reading the word, that we would hear more, see more, get more. And Lord, I just bless uh, uh, this mandate and mission of this house to see our cities restored and look like the kingdom of heaven. And everyone in here that carries that mission, Lord. We thank you. We bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, guys. Thank you for listening to the Sermon of the Week. To stay connected with Bethel Atlanta, visit www.bethelatlanta.com.